BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Total Car Score podcast, bringing you the world of cars from inside the car. And now your hosts, Carl Brower, Lauren Fix, and Javier Mota. Well, Carl, once again, inside a car for another episode of this podcast. I don't know who should we introduce first, the person who brought us here for this event or like the new member of our club? Uh, let's do the host first. <laughs> Trevor Lee, how are you? Good, how are you guys? I've been, uh, we've been seeing you a lot lately. You've been really busy and uh, keeping yes. us busy too with Very a lot busy. of new product. So we're here for a drive of all your electri electrified vehicles, uh, starting with the Ionic, which uh, had a pretty good month last month right yeah we had <laughs> we were greatly surprised in the office but also very pleased at the same time and the team's been working a very long time to uh, make that a success not only for sales and awards and stuff but also for the consumers so. yeah the awards i was talking about the triple winner at the world car of the year although it didn't win a world <laughs> not to me right come <laughs> no i guess it didn't <laughs> no, it, it arguably it could have and should have but uh you know It was definitely a high consideration. I think it came in second. Okay, speaking of Nactoy, let's talk about Michael Harley, the new member of the jury. How are you, Michael? Thanks for having me inside the car. Yeah, yeah. and uh, congratulations for joining the, the juror. The jury so going to be busy this year again. Very that. busy. There are a lot of awfully good cars, and uh, I'm happy to say we got a whole bunch of new product on the market, too. So, Trevor, let's talk about this event in particular, because honestly, when I got the invitation, I, I said, okay, we're going to drive the Ionic, the Santa Fe, the Tucson, and the Kona, which I have already driven. But I think it, this, is, this goes beyond the individual car. It goes the strategy for the whole company, right? That's right. And what we were talking about you know, today you know, here, here at this event in Nashville, it's one of those things where it's a very holistic approach that we have for, for Hyundai, right? We're talking about not only individual vehicles, but how does the whole electrification piece fit together as a, as a whole, you know, for the company? And so I think these are the four strongest products that, that I like talking about. Um, having worked on actually all these products now for, for some time, uh, it really helps give me that contrast of like, okay, these things are really taking off and they're uh, really doing well for us. So, Michael, you're, you have to be honest, not very enthusiastic about the electrification of the no, automotive I, industry. No, wait, 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 let's say. But <laughs> tell me about the, the benefit that you see happening already. You know, I... Uh, and if I you want to clarify I, my I negative I will clarify <laughs> introduction. That, you, know, when, you know, I'm a hardcore rear-wheel drive combustion car enthusiast <laughs> guy. Go. 
but uh, I have, I don't want to use the word love, it's a little bit strong, but I uh, appreciate the benefits of an electric vehicle, and uh, I see a, a good fit uh, for an electric vehicle in every household, believe it or not. Uh, I think they're excellent transportation. I love the torque. I love yeah. the fact you don't have to warm them up. I mean, a traditional combustion vehicle, you can't pull out of your driveway and floor it. Yeah. You're well, gonna you can, let the you can but let you shouldn't. The, the yeah. fluids <laughs> come to temperature, and, uh, you know, they are excellent uh, daily commuters, excellent transportation. They can be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, in the beginning when electric cars came out, they were literally just bigger versions of golf carts. Yeah. But nowadays, you've got, we were joking, you've got heated seats, you've got all the amenities, you've got an incredible infotainment system, great sound systems, the transparency from the infotainment from walking, you're on your phone, you get in the car, the conversation picks up immediately, you can use Alexa, you can use Siri inside your car now. The technology is there, and electric cars are arguably now a lot more innovative and advanced than their combustion counterparts. Yeah, Carl, but we are still, I mean, from your analytic uh, part of the business that you cover, uh, the sales are growing, like actually Q1 was really big jump from last year compared year to year, but we're not there yet, so how do you see this, uh, how do you see in general and Hyundai with these products in particular going? Well, it's clear Hyundai has gone all in and is really committed. Um, their sales numbers, I think, would surprise a lot of other people if you take the whole kind of parent company of uh, Hyundai Motor Group uh, and you look at the numbers they're driving. Uh, only one brand is ahead of them, as far as I know. Tesla. And that's the one that should be ahead because they've got a 15-year head start on most people. So uh, to see them in this position, I don't think most people would have believed it like even two or three, let alone like five or six years ago, would have thought that... Uh, After Tesla, who's going to be the leader in electric vehicles? I don't think people would have thought Hyundai's Motor Group, um, but they are. And not just in volume. The volume reflects the product. And why do you sell so many electric cars if you're a, a successful uh, car maker? Because people want to buy them. And I think whether it's the design of the exterior, the range. I remember driving the Kona EV years ago and using it in my max use case in Southern California, all the way up to Camarillo and back with a stop in between getting back with 222 miles on the trip meter and still having 40 plus miles left to go and I was not hypermiling most of it was freeway and that's when I was pretty yeah I because you're like like Mike you like the <laughs> fast cars and yeah you know, I was going you, plenty you know, fast and that's when I kind of crossed over specifically on the Hyundai Kona and I was like okay I officially want one of these cars now you know so I mean I think that's and and we always used to joke when Mike and I worked at Kelly you know we test uh, a lot of cars and, and we always used to say because it's true Tesla's optimistic on their ranges and Hyundai's pessimistic, you know. Yeah. So if you think you're going to get what Tesla claims, you might be disappointed. If you think you're going to get what what Hyundai claims, you might be happily surprised. Yeah, and is that? I know, like you go by the EPA numbers, right? Like the official numbers, but uh, not only Hyundai, but many other manufacturers probably like lowball the range, maybe because uh, to give. Um, Kind of like what Carl was saying, like kind of surprise to the consumer that you're getting actually more than we're promising. That's exactly it's exactly the case. In our research, we found that if we are able to surprise and delight our customers, and whether it be through infotainment, whether it be through um, styling, range is one of them. And range is very important for our EV drivers, right? Um, folks coming to an EV, especially a Hyundai EV, that's probably their first Hyundai EV ever, if not their first EV or their first Hyundai. So we knew we had to doubly deliver. And so having that surprise and delight, like, oh, wow, I'm actually getting more than, you know, what was advertised or what was claimed. That makes them even happier. And that helps. It's one of the things that helps build the brand for us. Yeah. 
And uh, Michael, what have you? I mean, you already have driven all of them. But like, any surprises for you, or anything that like you like you can still after a few years of experiencing EVs, you're saying, "Wow, this is really really cool," or something like that. You know, one of the nicest things I've found about EVs, and one of the things Hyundai's shown us uh, today, is you don't have to jump in with both feet. You can go with a plug-in hybrid, you can go with a hybrid, you can go with a pure EV. There are so many different ways to experience electrification with today's modern transportation. And, uh, you know, I always talk about cars being like shoes. You have certain shoes you wear for certain events, and there are cars you use for long-distance trips. There are cars you use for daily commutes. And uh, another thing I'd like to bring up, the fact that Carl mentioned that when the two of us were at Kelly, it was nice to realize we could run the EVs for the first time on our normal drive tests. You know, Carl could make it from Camarillo to Orange County. I could make it from Thousand Oaks to Orange County and back to, to LAX and back. You don't have to compromise. Obviously, one of the, besides the range anxiety and the time of charging the infrastructure, um, I was in LA a couple of weeks ago and I saw something kind of interesting, like in the light bulbs, like this one that we're seeing here outside uh, um, Nashville, I saw like they have adapted like a charger. So I guess they pull out the wire from underneath, put the charging station on it, and it was like on the street. So is that, in your opinion, Carl, the, the factor that it, because we already driven the car, they're fantastic and all that, but the people are still like worried about that. You think that's the final piece to the puzzle? No, I don't think it's the final one. It's a big one. So I think one big one is the infrastructure and being able to go out of your house and not feel like hopefully when I'm needing a charge there's some way around me to do that uh, when you are in an internal combustion car uh, except for when you're going across the country and you're going through the southwest of you know desert you can pretty much be confident that if you just suddenly decide you need gas it's going to be a fairly short amount of time before you'll have the option to get gas and people don't feel that way yet about charging their cars so we need to get there and the infrastructure is important um, I know there's the Electrify America partnership that Hyundai's done, and so that's really helpful because we are watching these networks grow all the time. To me, the big question, and one I'd like to hear Trevor's response on, is just um, really the production slash business model behind these vehicles. Uh, anyone who's been watching the world around them at all in the last year, certainly the last six months, has seen the supply chain challenges every car is hitting. But everything that's happening to cars in general is worse for EVs. Electric cars need more computer chips, and those are hard to get. Electric cars need lithium and ion, ion and uh, palladium and nickel, and that's gone up in price. Uh, you know, so so I what I kind of the mantra, my latest quote that I've been saying, I was on Cheddar TV last week, and I told them all this is I said, look, we spent decades being told we have to get off oil. Look how terrible oil is. We have to depend on bad people to get our oil. When the price of oil changes and it's volatile, it screws up the whole economy of the automotive world and all that stuff. And electric cars will be our savior. They'll liberate us from all the trouble of oil and the prices that go along with oil. Except has anyone checked the price of lithium over the last year and palladium and nickel and the availability and copper, of neon too. and cobalt and all these other things and all. So right now, my mantra is um, that aspect of uh, an electric car being an advantage over oil seems to have evaporated before a lot of our eyes. And then the, the, similarly, what's the biggest challenge that an electric car faces? It's a value money, value for the money price parity to an internal combustion car. That was been, that's been a problem since day one. And it hasn't gotten better in the last six months. The last six months, you got Rivian trying to raise prices and annoying their pre-ordered people because yeah, they were trying yeah, to raise the prices yeah. on, on cars that people had already agreed to a price on. And Tesla cranking up the prices. These cars have to do two things. They have to sell to consumers and be make consumers happy. And I think the cars are getting really good at that. 
and they have to make money so that the companies don't go bankrupt producing them. And yeah. I'm worried about the second one. So I know you cannot reveal uh, the finances from Hyundai <laughs> on any level, but tell us about what you think about these issues, because there are real issues, like it's happening, the war in Ukraine, everything that Carl has mentioned. So what's what did you see from, from your side, the planning for these vehicles? I think dampening that volatility that Carl just mentioned a moment ago, I think it's a big piece. It's not as, uh, it doesn't fluctuate, electricity, it doesn't fluctuate nearly as much as, as oil does. So there's some protection on that, uh, depending on whatever uh, local electric production is. You know, certain parts of the U.S., okay, might still be an issue with constant electric supply and storms and whatnot we've been hearing about in the news. But in general, by and large, you know, the grid's been there for a while. It's, it's good to go. And, and, and public utilities are making investments to, to accommodate for uh, more EVs into the future, time of usage kind of things that we face in you know, Southern California. We can charge your car certain times of the day for, for lower rates, things like that. Um, you know, here at Hyundai, we, we, we are looking at the business cases very closely. Um, it's something that, you know, it has to make money in, in the long run and over time. And uh, right now we're comfortable where we are. We want to definitely be more comfortable and, and grow uh, the safety margin a lot, lot more than we are. But, you know, I think the, the important thing right now is to see which of these technologies are, are really working for a lot of folks. You know, if people are still coming from their ICE vehicles, do they want to go all in to BEV? Do they want to dip their toe with HEV, which is the safest option? Do they want to go to plug-in hybrid, which offers a lot of the same benefits, but get more, you know, acclimated to plugging in every day? Okay, that's another level. No one person's the same. And so I think giving all these folks different options will eventually help drive people towards um, a common solution, whatever whatever that may be. And the plan is on, right? Like Hyundai is, has announced, uh, I believe, 11 EVs under the Ionic sub-brand. Like, that's already going. I mean, that's not stopping. We will have, yeah, the Hyundai Motor Group will have 11 new models by 2030 globally. Um, whether it be under the Ionic name or other names, okay. um, that's something that, uh, you know, Hyundai is definitely committed to uh, electrification. It's not a flash in the pan. And pretty soon it's not going to be a regulatory thing either. It's just that's what the people want and that's what we'll give them. Michael, I'm sure like when you bring an EV to your house and your neighbors look at it and they start like, okay, how does that work or how is it? Or how are you going to charge on that? What kind of questions are you hearing from people who have never experienced an EV? Uh, most people are just shocked because uh, Tesla really, you know, Tesla did a disservice to the entire industry and consumers by sort of training their owners that they had to go to public, you know, they had to go to their, their charging stations. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tesla never really pushed home level two chargers. And uh, I installed a home level two charger at my house probably about two years ago when I was started to take a look at all the EVs and most people are shocked when they come and see the car and they see an umbilical cord coming out of my garage <laughs> plug in the car and I say hey guess what I wake up with a full charge every morning and they said do you find it hard to charge this in public places by the malls and I said I have yet in two years to even visit a public charging place because I charge overnight takes anywhere between four and seven or eight hours and which is easy to do and just like you mentioned the time of use I you know I'm Southern California so Edison gives me less expensive energy between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. And uh, most people are just shocked to find you can have an EV, charge at home, and never even have to worry about a public charger. And that, that's, uh, Carl, I guess, the other part of the equation, our job to, quote-unquote, educate the, the public, right? Because a lot of people, I'm sure you have had experience, like a neighbor, a friend, a relative has never been in an EV, and the first time they get in, like, they're shocked about the performance and all that, and then these other questions. So I guess that's the other a part of the puzzle. Yeah, and it's it's really what 
Trevor has said in that it's it's there is no people have been saying asking me for like 10 years now what's the silver bullet is is hydrogen the silver yeah. bullet is electricity the silver bullet and i've got my tired quote that i keep telling people is like, there is no silver bullet there's multiple bronze bullets and when you add them all up they become silver and you know <laughs> if you're going to drive across the country with a bunch of stuff loaded in a semi truck i'm i'm i'll be challenging everyone to prove when that's best done by electric vehicles because i don't think it ever will be the 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 cost to build that vehicle the amount of weight that you got to load into the vehicle before the cargo goes in to give it some range and the time it takes to recharge it there's never going to be a cost effective way in my mind to ship lots of cargo across the country via electricity diesel or maybe hydrogen will always have that advantage conversely if every fedex ups and amazon truck that has a 100 to 200 mile route in an urban environment that they drive every day before they go home to the mother base where all the chargers can be could be turned to ev tomorrow i'd be completely supportive of that you're cutting out the noise pollution the air pollution you're getting better torque all that that's the perfect environment for an ev zero to 50 zero to 60 is their best environment in an urban in an urban world so i think our job is to make sure people know all the choices out there and figure out which one makes sense for them and not assume that there's only one choice and it's the right choice and and I'm definitely a massive fan of plug-in hybrid uh, electric vehicles. I think they are brilliant. Like the one we're sitting in, which is the Tucson, right? Yeah, the Tucson Mm -hmm. plug-in hybrid. PHEV solves everything. No range anxiety, no use of uh, internal combustion most of the time when you're driving it. It's great. How many electric miles range we get with this one? Yeah, the Tucson plug-in gets about 33 miles, uh, all electric range. So a lot of folks have a shorter commute. Maybe you have a 30-mile commute, round trip every day. You're basically in an EV your work week. Well, you're going to need a little more than that to get back to our hotel here in Nashville, Carl, but enjoy the electric part of it and then the other part of the car, okay? Yeah, and that's why you can, because it's yeah. like, oh, no, the battery's out. Guess we'll just keep driving. Exactly, and you don't feel anything. Well, Michael, thank you again for your time, and congratulations for joining NACTOI. And Trevor, much. thank you very much again for all your information, and thank you for having congratulations me. for As all always. the awards for the Ionic 5. Thank you guys for that. Thank you. Thank you for listening. For more, check us out online at TotalCarscore.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.